Welcome to the Match of the Year podcast. I'm Chris Garcia. Today we're talking about the 2016 Wrestling Observer Newsletter Match of the Year, which was Tanahashi versus Okada. Okay, three things. One, I didn't think this was Match of the Year. I would definitely put it beneath two Kenny Omega matches. That's versus Elgin and Naito. I put it behind AJ Styles versus John Cena. That won my Match of the Year. And I'd even put it behind the PWG six-man. But this was on a huge stage. This is the main event of the Tokyo Dome. This was really the final ascension of Okada as the main star of this generation. A role that had been played by Tanahashi for years. And to a lesser extent by Shinsuke Nakamura. But the way I look at these two wrestlers is very similar to another scenario that played out in the 90s. And that's Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. And Tanahashi is Hart. And Okada is Michaels. Tanahashi always puts on a good match. Often a great match. And he's a general in the ring. He really is. I cannot deny that he is a great worker. And sadly, I don't speak enough Japanese, or any, really, to get the nuances of his character and how he presents it through talk. Now, here he's actually a half-decent talker. And he goes, and his matches often have a sameness to them. But that's not really a knock. Because Bret Hart's matches all had a sameness to them, but they draw you in. And Tanahashi's matches draw you in. Tanahashi Naito is a great feud because those guys have a styles that complement each other. Because with Naito, you're never 100% certain what you're getting. And even though I don't speak Japanese, you get his character. And Tanahashi feels kind of businesslike. Like he's going there to do his thing every time out. Okada is, without question, the best wrestler in the world today. I thought last year he was the best big match wrestler in the world, and Kenny Omega was the best overall. This year, it's all Okada. As great as Kenny Omega has been. Where it gets interesting is that Okada has had a run with the belt since that Tokyo Dome show, with the exception of he did a swap with Naito, which was cool. But basically, the past two years have been Okada as Okada as New Japan. And he has a great charisma to him. It's so different from Nakamura's charisma that he's always exuded. His is an in-ring charisma that is just unbelievable. But more than that, he gets across intensity. He gets across every spot. It doesn't seem effortless. It seems like he is going there and doing his thing. And it's tough, but he manages. And the Rainmaker is just a great... Great move. The Rainmaker and the Superkick are very similar. Not in physical movement, but in the psychology of their application. Like One of my favorite Shawn Michaels moments was, I think it was against British Bulldog. It was at a house show. And he's in the corner and he's stomping. And the Bulldog is staggering, coming towards him, and then he just collapses. Because the match had been so tough. And then Michaels went over and did a cover and got a two count. And that same thing happened in Okada Omega, of course, where he went for the Rainmaker and Omega just crumbled, collapsed to the floor. It's great. The difference between Tanahashi and Okada is the difference between always great and typically mind-blowing. No one understands big match psychology, big match wrestling, big match charisma better than Okada 2017. No one. There is no better main eventer in the world, period. Tanahashi 
is one of the most consistent performers you'll ever find. But the difference between the two of them is highlighted in this match, where they work a perfectly balanced style, where Okada is allowed to present his spots in a way which highlight them and make them look like they are world beaters. And Tanahashi presents his spots in a way that don't make them necessarily look like world beaters, but it looks like he will never stop until he wins. In essence, it is the ramp up versus the peak and valley. In essence, it's the Beatles versus the Stones. The Sling Blade and the Rainmaker are two wonderful moves that are used very well and sometimes even overused. When Okada hit that Sling Blade on Tanahashi, I died. It was brilliant. He did it better than Tanahashi does. But part of that whole psychology is that Tanahashi was the established. He was 2010, working at the level alongside someone who is 2018. Okada is ahead of the cut in the same way that Michaels was. When you watch a match from 2013, you are watching what Shawn Michaels thought wrestling should be in 2013, but he was doing it in 2002, 3, 4. Hell, he was doing it in 1996 and 7. Tanahashi has established himself, and once he has established, he has maintained that level, which is incredibly difficult. Do not think I am saying Tanahashi isn't great. He's amazing, but he isn't transcendent. He isn't producing the wrestling of the future. He produced the wrestling of the present. Okada is giving us the wrestling of the future. And I think this last year, this reign that he's had since uh, he beat Naito, where he's defended an amazing match against Ibushi, Suzuki, Shibata. Oh my god, that Shibata match. I need to do an entire episode about the emotional content and how the need for realism is super dangerous. That match has pretty much replaced Undertaker versus Mankind as my this is what can fucking happen in a negative way in wrestling. And of course the Omega matches, which are two of the greatest matches that have ever happened. And we're going to get a third one in the G1. Tanahashi versus Okada is brilliant. Their feud was wonderful. These guys understand the big match. And in very different ways. I think this set up Okada as a legend. And it merely continued Tanahashi as a legend. And the same thing I think could be said of Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage in the 80s. That there were people who connected with Hogan on the level of a personality and a attraction, and there were people who attached to Savage. The gulf, though, in working ability there is much wider than either of these. Although the funny thing is, Hogan was a great big match wrestler. Not in the work, even though he, if he wanted to, actually, he could kind of go. Those matches in 84 and 85 against people like David Schultz, against Adrian Adonis, some of those were really, really good. And he was putting out. He was working. But he understood how to make a big match feel like a big match. Savage was the best, and by far the better big match wrestler, because he always brought it when the spotlight was on him. A lot of the other times he didn't. In that way, he's a lot like Nakamura. There is a generation of wrestling fans that are huge, Hulk Hogan marks, and there always will be. But in the 80s, this was really evident. And then there was another group that were huge Randy Savage marks, and they were always sort of battling. You got the same thing in the 90s in 
in all Japan, when you had huge Misawa marks, you had huge Kawada marks. You got the same thing in the 90s with Brett and Sean. You got the same thing in the late 90s, early 2000s with Stone Cold and The Rock. These are differences that are worked with. And neither one is necessarily better or worse. They both serve an amazingly important purpose. But the key to this, this whole thing, is one is of the present and one is the future. Hulk Hogan was the present in 1985. Randy Savage was the future. Even though I think Savage was older, which is weird. Bret Hart was the present. Shawn Michaels was the future. And there is no doubt in my mind that Tanahashi was the present. And Okada was, and still is, the future.